Welcome to This Week with Lordship Community Church. I'm the Reverend Jeff Lukens, and I'm the pastor here. This week, we offer you a podcast in our series, What's Next, O God? Tending the New Creation. We worship live online each Sunday morning at thelordshipchurch.org slash live. Here's this week's scripture and message. Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. We have the same faithful spirit as what is written in the scriptures. I had faith and so I spoke. We also have faith and so we also speak. We do this because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus. And he will bring us into his presence along with you. All these things are for your benefit. As grace increases to benefit more and more people, it will cause gratitude to increase, which results in God's glory. So we aren't depressed, but even if our bodies are breaking down on the outside, the person that we are on the inside is being renewed every day. Our temporary minor problems are producing eternal stockpile of glory for us that is beyond all comparison. We don't focus on the things that can be seen, but on the things that cannot be seen. The things that can be seen don't last, but the things that cannot be seen are eternal. We know that if the tent that we live on on earth is torn down, we have a building from God. It is a house that isn't handmade, which is eternal and located in heaven. And from the gospel according to Mark, Jesus entered a house. A crowd gathered again so that it was impossible for him and his followers even to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they came to take control of him. They were saying, he's out of his mind. His mother and siblings arrived. They stood outside and sent word to him, calling for him. A crowd was seated around him, and those sent to him said, Look, your mothers, brothers, and sisters are outside looking for you. He replied, Who is my mother? Who are my siblings? Looking around at those seated around him in a circle, he said, Look here are my mother and my siblings. Whoever does God's will is my family. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I've never had that happen before. My iPad was sitting here in the sun and it overheated. (laughs) And of course, you know, my sermon's on there. So uh, that's why I pulled out my phone and thankfully for the cloud, I'm able to get it up here. So we'll, we'll see how long this lasts before this overheats in the sun. It's not even that hot. It's not. It's just 
the sun beating down on a black iPad, on a black uh, music stand. Yeah. Okay. Let us pray. Oh God, we are thankful that you have created this colorful world. That you have invited us to see the world through your eyes. That you trust us enough to join you in the creative process. Through the stories we hear today, may your light shine brightly on our path as we strive to fulfill your hope for all of creation. Amen. Well, family, as you probably know, can be a complicated thing. Our families hopefully love and nurture us, and sometimes they misunderstand us, yes, and for some people, thinking about family is comforting. Bringing up memories of family dinners, shared work and play, daily ways of nurturing one another. For others, thinking about family is painful. Bringing up associations of abusive relationships that undermine our developing sense of who we are. Now, most of us fall somewhere in between in our experiences of family. You know, the messy and complicated lives of parents and siblings, grandparents and aunts and uncles, who sometimes, well, they made mistakes, as we did, and, but mostly did the best that they could. Family can be a complicated thing. And while family in the first century Israel and Judea was understood differently than we understand family now, it was still a powerful force in shaping how people understood themselves and the world. Now we'll get to all of that in a little bit. But, I wanna, but first I want to get into our text for today and kind of set the context and fill in the gaps in the story. Now, the location for our story today is in Nazareth. Jesus has returned home after beginning his ministry and is clear from, it is clear from the size and the frenzy of the crowds that his ministry is having an effect and an impact and his reputation is preceding him. Much has happened to say. It's one of the benefits of outdoor worship. Much has happened since the son of the local carpenter has left town. The heavens opened at his baptism. He survived a 40-day fast and in the wilderness, and he's driven out unclean spirits, healed the sick, eaten with sinners, chosen his disciples, and declared himself the Lord of the Sabbath. And through these and other acts, he has mesmerized every crowd he's come into contact with, stirring up such hope, such excitement, such yearning in people's hearts that they just can't leave him alone. So they follow him to Nazareth. And they pour into the house where he is staying. 
and pressing in so tight that Jesus can't even lift his hands and mouth to feed himself. Now, if you've ever been in the club or in a house party where there's just a lot of people, you're, I, can, I, I can understand that feeling, just wall-to-wall -wall people. Needless to say, the effects of Jesus' teaching and ministry have begun to raise the alarm in both his family and among the religious leaders of the time. First, Jesus' mother and siblings arrived to try to intervene. Mortified by the neighborhood rumors that Jesus has lost his mind, Mary and the other children, they stand outside the house, and the jam-packed house, and, then, and they call in and call for Jesus, hoping, that he'll, that's, that, hoping in vain that somebody will come out, somebody will go get him and bring him out to them to stop all this nonsense. Well, soon afterwards, the, scribe the scribes, the religious scribes, they arrived in Jerusalem, having traveled to Nazareth to investigate the rumors of this new leader and this new teacher. And upon seeing the crowds and hearing what he has been up to, they declare that Jesus is evil and a threat. He's not a healer empowered by God. No, no, no. He's a fiend possessed by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. In response, in the verses skipped in our reading today, Jesus speaks in parable, calling out the blasphemy of the scribes and warning that how a house divided cannot stand. And then he, when he hears the, mother, the rumors that his, hears that his mother and his siblings are outside, he gives us this uncomfortable statement. Instead of going out and greeting, to reassure, greeting and reassuring his mom and his siblings, he rejects them, rejects their intervention, and renounces their claim on his life and seemingly trades them for a new family of his own making. Now, there's a lot going on in this story. And it reminded me of a meme I saw in one of my uh, clergy groups on Facebook this week. It was a quote by the former bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of New Hampshire, the Reverend Gene Robinson. And in the meme, and I didn't go in and check to see if this was actually attributed to him, but in the meme he is quoted saying, It's funny, isn't it? That you can preach a judgmental and vengeful and angry God and nobody minds. But if you start preaching a God that is too accepting, too loving, too forgiving, too merciful, too kind, and you're in trouble. Already in Mark's Gospel, Jesus is expanding the ideas of who is worthy of God's love and healing to folks who are outside the boundaries set by the religious authorities. And it's getting him in trouble. Jesus' family thinks he's lost his bearings ever since he went to hear John the baptizer teach about repentance, and then he spent the 40 days in the wilderness on retreat, and now he's gone too far and made some powerful enemies. His family thinks he should just tone it down a little, Jesus. Rein in the starry-eyed idealism, soften the rhetoric, cut out the offensive behavior. Where does he get off promising people freedom and the freedom from the power of evil? 
He should know better than what happens to prophetic preachers in the time of the Roman Empire. He should know better. And then the scribes, they're coming from a different angle, warning the community that Jesus is deceptive, that he's the one who is powered by evil spirits, unable to see liberation for what it really is, perhaps because they are afraid of losing their own power. They demonize Jesus. But Jesus, Jesus is willing to get into good trouble, to borrow a phrase from the late congressman John Lewis. Jesus refutes those who seek to exploit the polarization for their own hand, their own benefit. The people who underestimate the power of evil in the world and the cynics who say that our struggles are our own faults. But then it's this last statement by Jesus. The one that makes me squirm just a little. It also, it's also the one that speaks to me about ministry right now as we are beginning to imagine and tend this new creation that is called for in these times. Looking at those who st stood around him, sat around him, Jesus said, here are my mother and my siblings. Whoever does the will of God is my family. Now, there's a lot we don't know about this crowd. We don't, we don't know if they've done anything but sit there. But that's the point. The crowd that surrounds Jesus in this story is remarkable for being passive, for being patient for being present. They're simply in the house with him. Once again, Mark's gospel is highlighting the welcoming and belonging nature of Jesus' ministry. Jesus is expanding and redrawing the lines of family and kinship, saying those who show up, those who show up are doing God's will and therefore a part of God's family. Just show up. Because when we show up again and again and time after time, the Holy Spirit has a way of doing her thing to us and changing us. And that's when the surprises start to happen. In a culture in which responsibility, identity, stability, and opportunity were so bound up into the family system, Jesus' re, re, redefinition of family likely drew some gasps. But it was also good news for those who find themselves estranged from their own families of origin. Remember, Jesus never walks away from his disciples, even the ones who are faithless and lack understanding of what Jesus is doing. Jesus does not quit when miracles don't come easy. Jesus still promises revelation. He even guarantees he'll meet those who have fled from him after his resurrection. All Jesus asks of us is that we show up and we follow. That's the way we get to be a part of the kingdom of God, part of Jesus' family, by showing up.
by sticking around, even when things get hard or uncomfortable. It's like an acknowledge that we've been caught up into this new reality, this transformational alternate reality called the kingdom of God. And we are just here to hold on for the ride. Tending to this new creation involves us expanding our ideas of family. Who are our families? All those who seek to live in the love and justice of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And you can visit us at www.thelordshipchurch.org where you can find a link to make a donation towards our ministries. Thank you and God bless.